know why people, more people don't cry in court. Yeah. Was, as soon as you brought me in, I'd start. I'd start crying. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Your Honor. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I was like, dude, relax, bro. From the smallest room in New York City <laughs> comes a show that gives you a reason to live. The taillight was out, man. A homeless transgender woman named Cookie Love was busted for crack at the Port Authority. Who says New York City's lost its gritty charm? Cookie Love was caught up in a quality of life sweep at Port Authority bus terminal Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m. Get over yourself, New York. If you're hanging out at the Port Authority on a Wednesday night, your quality of life sucks. You should be addressing your own quality of life issues. 48-year-old crackhead Cookie Love, picked up by the NYPD, uh, caressing her crack pipes on 8th Avenue, uh, caressing her crack pipes outside the bus station. It's almost quaint. Uh, Cookie Love was with two friends, uh, 33-year-old Abigail Graham and 34-year-old Michelle McKelly. Graham had the super strength synthetic cannabinoid, and she was approaching invincibility. But McKelly had the good stuff, an open bottle of Pinnacle Vodka. Uh, crack, spice, and Pinnacle Vodka. Together they form the $15 Gang. Crack team of substance abusing ladies will do anything for $15. You want justice? $15. You want injustice? $15. You want to have sex with three women at once? $75. It might be wasted, but we're not cheap. Crack is not free, and neither is that pinnacle vodka. With over 40 unique flavors, there's a flavor for every occasion. Not perfect for Thanksgiving, pumpkin pie. Whipped cream flavored vodka, I'd like you to meet my morning coffee. And cake flavored vodka, well, I'm spending my next birthday with Pinnacle. Well, what flavor goes best with blacking out at the Port Authority? Eeny, meeny, miny, all of them. The trick is what wine properly pairs with getting arrested at the Port Authority. Pinot Grigio pairs well with light fish dishes, and dry rose with rich, cheesy dishes. For old-fashioned blackout drinking at the bus station, might I suggest a vintage port. That's 19 to 23% alcohol. It's a wine so good, you might just forget you're homeless. But joining me now, Mark DeMeo. What's up, Pat Dixon? How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. You are in the Fringe Festival this year. Yeah, I was. Uh, That's the last two weeks of August. Mm -hmm. I'm playing at the uh, Saint under Saint Marks. Mm -hmm. Got five dates. That's awesome. NewYorkCityFringe.org. Check it out. Uh, from the most desperate place on earth, Times Square, New Yorkers took part in a global event called the Big Latch On. At 10:30 a.m., mothers gathered on Broadway between 43rd and 44th Streets in front of Sephora and whipped out a tit to raise awareness of the benefits of breastfeeding and to rally support for breastfeeding mothers. Well, breastfeeding in public, it's legal. Uh, absolutely. Breastfeeding is, uh, it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that picture of um, the former star? That was you. You posted that, right? What's that? The, the girl from the, the former star breastfeeding a three-year-old on the train? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blossom. It's insane. Blossom. Blossom. Yeah, yeah. Is that a real thing that well, really happened? You know, it, it didn't look particularly like she had a tit out, but it was she was holding her in a breastfeeding uh, way. You know, she definitely does do it on the train. She said she breastfeeds that kid. The kid was like, you know, I don't know, five years old, three years old or something. Well, there you have it. I guess it's legal, right? Yeah. <laughs> how? But how long... Is it, it? I mean, it's disgusting at a certain point, you know. I mean, like if, if oh, you mean the age-wise? Well, I think if the kid can, you know, chew steak, you know, if the kid could reach in, pull 
it out on its own. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They could just jump on your lap, uh, dig in there, and whip it out whenever they want. Sort of like a, a breastfeed rape. have a cigarette rape. afterwards? Yeah. yeah, they're probably too old. It might be more of a sexual assault at that point. Hey, do, um, but the, the story, the, I missed my moment. I, didn't, I had something for the first story. Oh, yeah, we're talking about uh, cookie love. Cookie love. Yeah, and, that and was a party, crack. man. That, that the cops walked in on a party. <laughs> I know, man. It just happened to be on the street. If you're homeless and you're going to have a party, where else are you going to have it? You don't have it's any your home. I know. And the synthetic pot. Well, I don't understand it. Like, I got to understand regular pot, but yeah. I don't know. Is it cheaper? Does it mess you up more? Well, you know, Bratton says that it causes you to be uh, invincible to regular police tactics, and it causes you to be immune to pain. It increases your strength. Why waste your time with regular pot? And you buy that in the store. You buy it in the store. I mean, not the anymore. Counter. Well, in, in Harlem, they took a lot of it out. They, 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 they took a lot of those packages out, and they said, that you, but what happens is they keep outlawing chemicals that are in there, and then they change the chemical composition. So when you buy it, there's no telling what's in there. So it was crack. It was the synthetic pot and, mm -hmm. and vodka, man. Yeah, that's yeah. a freaking good party. <laughs> they all bring something, too, you know. That's bad that's, luck, that's man. That's the code. That's bad luck. Yeah, I, it, when you start running all those people in, man. You, know, you wouldn't even think that happens anymore now. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah I, apparently just, you just got to you gotta know where to go. Freaking cookie, man. <laughs> it's been around a long time. She's got to do better than that. Go, None of them, box. those three vets, they got, really? You're yeah. going to have a party. You got to move it down the block. You got to go in an alley, something like that. You can't sit around caressing your crack pipes in the open anymore. Those are pros. If they get caught, there's no chance for any of us. I, come on. I mean, like. A <laughs> they should know better. They're pros. They've been out there all. Let me ask you, Mark. You, you were a cop for 20 years. Did you ever uh, smoke crack? I mean, no. not on the job, of course. No, no, no. I never. Crack was after. After uh, it came out after. It came out after you became a cop. No, after I stopped doing drugs. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, the crack uh, came out. I guess the '80s, '90s, and then everybody was doing crack. It was big. Some people, they're still obviously they're still doing it. Yeah, I couldn't well, tell you where to get it, but you, you couldn't. Well, I mean, you know, I, I have an idea. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, it's not something like I, I know pot. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I smoke yeah, yeah. pot. I, I know where to get my pot, but I'm I'm not ever smoking crack. I wonder. Yeah. Well, there's no uh, pot. Is a different kind of a drug. They'll deliver it to your home, and there's you don't worry pot, about it. Pot people that are you know successful. There's not too many crackheads where you're looking no. at. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. They, you could still do your thing <laughs> and, and be smoking crack all the time. No. Yeah. There's only like Marion Barry, I guess. You know, I could still pull it off. Uh, the and, and then the guy, uh, what's his name up in Toronto? I guess was he the oh, mayor? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the mayor so, does too. Yeah, I think the key is is you have to be constantly trying to quit, and then you sort of get to where you can just do it at a party level. You know, most if, of the time, like the, I always say, the Lord's prayer: Please give me enough money to get high, not enough money to die. Yeah. <laughs> and then now these guys get in the mayorship. You know what I'm saying? They want to up the parties. Like, yo, I'm the mayor right now. What can we get? Yeah, yeah, come on. You know, this needs <laughs> to be screw fun. the coke, man. Let's get some crack. <laughs> I'm the freaking mayor, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's listen to some fucking James Brown. Have a good time. I never smoked crack, uh, and I never tried cocaine. Same reason I never tried, I never tried golf or cocaine, because I know that uh, I know I'm going to like it, and I know I can't afford it. So why get into it, you know? I mean, you ever, you ever golf? You guys? Um, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Are you, are, are, but you're not a golfer. You're not a guy who No, golfs. not at all. Not yeah, at not all. me neither, yeah. Not uh, even close. Like, the same way, just like you, I can't afford to play golf, so... Mm. Yeah, I can't. I'm not going to start. Something. I notice I can't even afford to bowl. <laughs> yeah, bowling, bowling. Yeah, bowling. When you bowl, when you go, man, that was it's a like lot. Like freaking nine dollars a game now. <laughs> it used to be like a dollar fifty when I was growing up. Yeah, it was. It was really affordable, and you'd like, oh, rent, shoe rental, seventy five cents. They really ding you on that. Nine dollars a game, and then it's like, uh, you know, six bucks for shoes. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you're going with somebody who's not. Obviously, you're going with a girl, you know. Yeah, she's they definitely had she's not the hottest chick. You know, let's just say she's she's bowling alley material. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, she's she's a type that. Uh, you know, you know, I, okay, put it this way: you could take a hot chick on a bowling date after you've done a couple of things already with her. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a cool thing to do with your friends, but you don't want to get in a league because if you get in a league, that's uh, when you know you got the one. You got the league girl. Yeah, yeah. She's a bowling league girl. Look at her. Yeah, she's she's got a lot of. Friends around you want another beer, out. honey? Yeah, she's on a first name basis with the old guy spraying the shoes. You bring a two, you bring a two beers at a time with it with a shot. <laughs> Back to the lane, yeah, honey. You're like in a tray. Oh, God, you're wearing matching yours. shirts, you know. You you spend every Wednesday night together. Fuck that. Sex is gonna last like yeah. a minute, <laughs> and that's including taking off the clothes, going down on each other. Oh my God, yeah, that's. You can't hook up with a bowling alley lady, that's for sure. The, the breastfeeding lady is is even worse, though. Did did uh, you ever know? Did you ever uh, now see? Uh, I, I don't want. I don't want to get too much into your personal life or anything like that. You got kids, though. Yes. And did they breastfeed or? Yes. And did you notice that it, that they were healthier as a result? That's what they claim is that it makes you a lot healthier. Yeah. There's um. There's something that that's missing. Mm-hmm. It's a, a serum or something like that. They can't duplicate in um, formula. Yeah. So the breastfeeding, I think, is a lot healthier for the child if you can do it. A lot of moms can't. Well, they, uh, why not? I don't know. It's just something they, they can't. They can't take the pain. There's a lot of pain involved in it. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least I'm. Well, I'm glad about that. At least some of them have very <laughs> sensitive nipples, <laughs> and especially when the kid is like teething a little bit. Uh huh. If they don't get in a good groove, you know what I'm saying, and they start chomping on you. Mm. <laughs> Youch. That sounds painful, yeah. Well, mothers uh, gathered, like I said, uh, there in front of Sephora. Uh, the 62nd event, uh, it was only 60 seconds, so I, hopefully nobody got injured. Thousands of women were expected to come and breastfeed their stupid fucking babies. Uh, they wound up with less than 100 babies and toddlers who were brought out by their jackass mothers to the crossroads of the world to be publicly breastfed in a disgusting display of mother and child bonding. Uh, I've seen the photos. And never have you seen a more self-satisfied, smug-looking collection of womanhood. Uh, the event is ostensibly intended to promote the health, uh, the idea uh, that uh, breastfeeding uh, contributes to normal growth and development of children, which you co-sign and I don't argue with. But what, what's it really about? I think it's really about this event. I don't think it's about promoting anything. Because mm-hmm. I don't think anybody sees that and goes, oh, I want to do that. I have breasts and a baby. I think it's just to irritate people who have any sense of decency. You know what sucks? What? Is that I was a cop for 20 years, and I stood on so many different stupid protests and parades that I hated being there. Yeah. But if I had to go to that event, I think I would have been okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's something that we're like, hey, you got to go uh, stand in on the breastfeeding thing they're doing over there. Like, really? Oh, yeah. every, oh all these right. girls are going to whip out their boobs <laughs> and feed their babies? I guess it beats Occupy Wall Street when you get right down to it. Yeah. Uh, what's, uh, there's, there, you know, there's more, there's no more porn shops down there, you know, but now you got, you got 8th Avenue for that. Uh, you got to go all the way over there with where Cookie Love is. Uh, there's no, there, there, there's only one true remaining live nude masturbation peep show in Manhattan. That's over there on 8th Avenue, too. Yet a thousand or a hundred dumbass ladies can converge on Times Square and do something. I think that's infinitely more obscene to to, uh, to do that in broad daylight, you know? What are, you, are you talking about the peep shows? The, no, the breastfeeding. Oh, oh. It's more, more worse than the peep show, I think. Yeah, I like the peep show, too. Yeah, why not make We used pe- to go all the time. I, <laughs> back when I was in, a kid, yeah. Did 10, you really? Well, 12, 13 years old. Oh, wow. That's when you when you were 14, we used to take the training, you get your fake ID, mm-hmm. and you go right to the peep show. Man, where I, uh, where uh, the Laugh Factory used to be. That whole thing used to be a peep show. 
No kidding. Yeah, it was cool. You, it was all the rooms were in a circle, uh, and then you put the coins in, and the window would pop up, and there'll be a girl in the middle, like on a stage. But everybody's looking at the same time. So if I stop paying attention to the girl, I could look into your little cubicle where you were sitting. <laughs> oh God, it was really weird. God forbid. And well, probably a lot of people got off on that was, too. The floors were sticky. Yeah. I imagine. But I was too young. I didn't even know to beat off in there. We used to sit there and stare and bang on the wall a lot, you know, then run out of there. Hey, hey, they used to kids. let kids in these places. We were 14 years old, and we looked 14. What now, really? Yeah. You look 14? You used to get into any bar back then. You used to walk in a strip club. Like we, let's say when we were 15, mm. we can get into any bar in Astoria, strip places. Wow. 15 years old, yeah. Man, I tell you, that beats the hell out of it. I, I was going to church and watching people speak in tongues and shit when I was that age, trying to hook up with girls that were going to the Church of God of Prophecy. It was a real drag, man. Pentecostal girls, uh, you know. Where was this part of the country again? <laughs> Some back hamlet of Tennessee or something. Oh, that's where you lived? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, like living there. And these girls, when you go to church, man, they sure were sexy. They had on, like, uh, you know, they wear those pantyhose and stuff like that, I guess. And I, I remember one girl had a girdle, an actual honest-to-God girdle, you know? If, when you get a girdle off of a girl, you know you did uh -huh. something, you know? She she put on that girdle. And, it's a lot uh, of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work. There's a lot of... you got to actually call a timeout. <laughs> this is going to take a moment. <laughs> and you kill, the, you kill the moment by actually having to come around them and do every single clip. Yeah. It's like when you have a girl, like a girdle or one of those grandma bras. She, her boobs are big, uh, yeah. but she's got... She's not a sexy Victoria thing she has going on. It's like the grandma triple D, like the cream-colored one, the team, the torpedo bra. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just a, just a real beat kind yeah, of like it's, old it's fashioned. Made, the back is made out of mesh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> this is her shoulders are red. <laughs> That's this is not made to be looked at ever. Uh yeah. You you assume that a woman puts that on, no one's gonna see it. Yeah, She's it's there. like too much work to even take off. She won't have her shirt off in front of anybody. If you if you're gonna take it off, you know you I'm spending a night. I'm yeah. not just doing this for like a for a <laughs> no. quickie and getting out of here. Trust me, yes. I'm having breakfast tomorrow. You're gonna make some biscuits and gravy, and that's the deal. That's a girdle though. She wasn't even fat enough for a girdle. But they I used to love the way they dressed for that. That's as sexy as I got. You go into bars and stuff. We used to Wouldn't go to, know the, what to do. I smoked a lot of weed then. Yeah, we did too. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. The penny whistle what's the penny whistle the penny whistle was a bar on Ditmars in Astoria and when I was 15 years old or 14 we threw up enough money to have a sex show between two girls and that was the first time I seen two girls go at it so you had to uh, like like you chip in for the for, for exactly they wanted, like bucks. Each other. Yeah. they wanted 100 bucks and when 100 bucks hit the stage they did everything with the dildos everything wow for, yeah it was either 14 or 15 and so, what did you guys just like throw peanuts at them? No, it was like a hundred guys <laughs> in a bar. Everybody threw on a threw up a dollar. They could have probably yeah. made so much more money. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, uh, I wonder what those ladies are doing right now. <laughs> they gotta be dead, right? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to picture. It. They have to be like sixty-five years old, right? I think. Now. I think. I think they're drinking Pinnacle Vodka over at the Port Authority. And they just got arrested. <laughs> One of them, I think, her name was Cookie. She got a can of some cannabinoid. Uh, well, the starving children. Look, uh, here's here's the thing. Like, uh, the, the, I'm going to say this, and this is not gonna, this is not going to be a very popular sentiment. I'm just going to say that right now. But uh, like I said, there's only one of those live nude masturbation places. Uh, and this is right here in Times Square, right where kids are getting their picture taken with a Mexican lady wearing an Elmo costume. That's, what, that's where these women have their tits flopped out. Now, uh, uh, I've got a controversial view on, world, uh, on, on child hunger. I'm for it. 
I think it serves a purpose. I think it gives people who, who, who have enough to eat a sense of perspective that we otherwise would never have. You know, the sense of gratitude that people who are just surviving get to feel because they, you know, there are some starving children somewhere. So it's without question, uh, they're more valuable. What are the kids doing in Africa who have enough food to survive? What are they doing for anybody? But just the perspective we get from starving children as a concept can be transformative to people everywhere. And that literally makes the world a better place. Starving children make the world a better place. (laughs) <laughs> what are kids who eat doing for anybody how are they making the world a better place not a damn thing i mean why does every moment have to be informed by some demonstration of your butthole hive-like mentality anyway all these all these ladies you know they're like let's all go do this together let's uh-huh. all breastfeed another thing please stop teaching chimps sign language because they're going to team up with the deaf people <laughs> and you don't want to see these chuckleheads commanding a vicious army of deaf people <laughs> the breastfeeding if if you see it in the street it's mm-hmm. uh you turn away real quick yeah but you still get it in your head yeah 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 and you don't get it out which is not bad it's it's that look it's, on their face it's be- I, I, I it's a whole a lot better yeah i mean seeing a they don't fine. look at you eye to eye if you get a mother that's looking at you right eye to eye that's a little weird too oh yeah they they, they do it to me all the time when they're breastfeeding they <laughs> stare right at right me at stare, it's like well, they that's probably because they caught you staring at, and you've been staring for five minutes yeah i mean I'm, yeah it's because i'm touching myself <laughs> and licking your lips <laughs> curling your hair i mean why not touching your I, nipple you can take your tits out i can't lick my lips it's a very erotic moment we're having here sharing I can't that. sit next to you on this bench when every other bench is free yeah. at the park. Let's just be fair here. Why, why doesn't every woman ever just like flop a tit out and not connect a kid to it? You know, just one tit. You got to carry napkins around. That's what you have to do. Kleenex. Mm-hmm. To like clean up after your tits? No, no. Yeah, well, you could offer it to him. That's your reason to sit down right next to him. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Kleenex? Can I help you? Uh, yeah, it's your child. So the first, uh, by the way, the first one took place, the first one of these uh, latch-on deals, uh, New Zealand. So thank you to our friends down there for coming up with this dumb shit. A story from July 17th. It was published in dnainfo.com. That day, 19 NYPD cops, 19 NYPD cops in the 40th precinct, charged with underreporting crime statistics. That's the Bronx, right? Yeah. A four-month audit of 1,558 of the precinct's complaints reports. They revealed that f- uh, there were 55 instances of improperly processed crime complaints. Uh, so I guess in, in like a, to, to cut that down short, what was going on is these cops were making the, the crime statistics look better than they were. Uh, and uh, it was no. supposed they, they thought crime was down uh, 14%, but the, the actual number of the drop in crime was only 11.4%. But isn't that still pretty good? The whole thing is bullshit. If there's one police officer's name on that list... The whole thing is bullshit. It should all be bosses. It should be sergeants, lieutenants, captains, because those are the ones who change the uh, the status of the report. A cop shows up there. He evaluates what, it, what he's got. That's the way he's going to write out the report. Now he gets back to the precinct, and the precinct, the captain of the precinct, doesn't want um, that, that, uh, that robbery, that felony. There's uh, like seven major cases, okay? Mm-hmm. They don't want the ma- major cases. So what they do is they drop the charge down to a lower charge, if they can. You know, they get creative. Yeah. And that's the problem. But it, a cop should never, or a detective should never be blamed by that because you're always going after the highest, the highest charge. 
Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what you try to do. Uh, when you're making out the report. And they can be convicted the, the of The highest charge thing. that you feel that they, uh, you, you, you suspect them of committing. That's what you make out the report. But, the, but it doesn't and work that way. And then it goes back to the house and it changes. Yeah, right. So it's, not, it's never the cop's fault. And if, he's, if it changes by a cop or a detective, it was something that he was told to do. So as far as the list goes, it should all be supervisors. And that all comes from Comstat. And it all comes from the same mentality of, uh, you know, that's got the whole, the whole city uh, in the state that it's in. It's the summonses and it's treating it like it's corporate. Uh, police work is a corporate entity. What did you do last year? You got to meet that number. Yeah. So, Plain spoken, uh, Ed Mullins, he's the, uh, the Sergeant's Benevolent Association president. He says that well, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed. He said that if this uh, was synced up with the anniversary of you know who. Uh, uh, our, our good friend down in uh, uh, Staten Island, who was uh, Eric Garner, who was uh, choked to death. Anniversary of his death, we have all these, uh, you know, it looks like the police, uh, the reform is happening, you know, that, 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 and all these guys just get thrown under the bus. He says, well, I'm, you know, I'm not surprised but disappointed by the timing of Commissioner Bratton's press release on the one-year anniversary of the death of Eric Garner. This is an obvious ploy to show the department's efforts for reform on the backs of hardworking officers. you agree? Well, everything. there's a lot of reform that's going on right now, and uh, it's all because of Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. They're a very, very powerful movement, okay? Mm-hmm. And look at what they've done in the time that they've been doing the protest. In less than, how long has it been since Eric Garner's death? It was one year. One year, yeah, okay? Now, in that one year, what did they do? They decriminalized marijuana, alcohol, and urinating in public. Right? I th- I, well, they, well they, it's they in the process just, they, of being decriminalized. Exactly, and yeah. no more stop, question, and frisk. So basically, there's going to be a lot less people of color going through the system because that's what kept them going through the system, all these, these crimes. Yeah. Yeah, which I mean, is that is that uh, necessarily a bad thing? Uh, I mean, like, uh, well, if you want to, if you want to do, if you want to start attacking the prison systems and things like that, Mm -hmm. then that's the direction that you go at. Unfortunately, now you got a whole bunch of more people in the street, and if you come home and on your porch there's a bunch of guys you don't know smoking pot, drinking, and pissing on you, you know, Uh (laughs) pissing on your steps, there's not really nothing you can do because if you call the cops, they're gonna be like, well. They're not really doing any breaking any laws, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I can't even go over there and talk to them and see what they're up to. Yeah. So uh, yeah, thanks for calling the police, man. So it was different in your day back in the early '90s, mid '90s, when you were. Uh, well, all those crimes were they started paying attention to them under Giuliani, right? Because Dinkins was the same thing. Dinkins didn't want you to arrest anybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's the way you are. You're either. Uh, a proactive police department or a reactionary police department. Right uh-huh. now we're going back to being a reactionary police department. You call the cops after you've been robbed, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, after you've been burglarized. Instead of them out there, like, trying to beat yeah, the bushes because, and find people well, breaking yeah, small yeah, you crimes. Have to, the- you know, those car stops where they take guns out of the car, those are things that, uh, you know, are never, hardly ever reported in the newspaper. But they're a good thing because every gun that gets taken off the street saves a, probably saves a life. I would say so. At some point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. now those guns are back out in the street. But you know, it's basically it, it gets to be. That's why uh, there's so many shootings now. Where, where sometimes I think it's like a tax collecting kind of thing, though. You know, where they uh, they they all they want to do is give people tickets for jaywalking and shit mm-hmm. like that. You know, and I think at a certain point it gets to be oppressive when you have uh, you know like uh, hundreds of parking tickets being handed out. Uh, you know, for some dumb shit. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a it's a fundraising effort disguised as trying to save lives. Sometimes the I police mean. department has become a money making you know entity. The oh. city counts 
uh, includes it in their budget, which I don't think legally they're supposed to do, and that's why you have quotas. Uh-huh. And quotas, the UF 250s, those stop question and frisk reports, those became part of your quotas. You probably had to come in with like five a month. Uh-huh. And that's why all those stops went up. I see. You know, because they realized they were generating uh, data, you know. And the whole idea of keeping people who are out on the street all the time, hanging out, uh, really not working and stuff like that, and just getting involved in street stuff, whether it's, you know, drugs or selling stolen property, whatever it is. Um, those people would be constantly going through the system because they'd have a warrant for their arrest or uh, now they'd have a new arrest. And then just the hope they were always going through the system. And then it got to a point where Bill Bratton even said, you know what, we'd like to have more officers of color. Unfortunately, all of them have a police record. Exactly. Yep. That's yeah. what he said. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. I worked in very diversified units. I, I'll be honest with you. I worked with a lot of, uh, maybe it's because I was in the detective most of the time. Mm-hmm. But I worked with a lot of African-American officers. I worked with a lot of Hispanic officers, mm-hmm. a lot of Hispanic officers. And every squad I worked in was always broken down pretty... Uh, well, the racial makeup uh, under uh, under uh, the last guy, uh, Kelly, Ray Kelly, was actually a little bit better than Bratton. Uh, they, uh, I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because uh, <laughs> you know, Kelly also arrested on, a lot of black people. It know? also depends on the economics of the, of the day. Uh-huh. You know, when the when the city's doing well, when they when there's money floating around, nobody needs to be a cop. They go to Wall Street and they work. Uh, you know, yeah. um, when the economy's bad and those jo- the, those jobs are you know non-existent, you know, yeah. then then people look for security, uh-huh. and then they want you know to be a cop, a fireman, and they start going after the tests. Yeah, you know, uh, it's uh, I, I, they're not too far off with the numbers anyway. I, I don't know the exact numbers. I could, I could. They're easy to find. The they want the they want the population to be reflected with the with the cops with the number of cops, mm-hmm. and they want that to be you know it's one of De Blasio's goals to make that as close to exactly the same as possible. It's off by a few percentage points. Speaking of De Blasio, introduced a new initiative a new initiative called NYC Safe, all about the safety. De Blasio. You know, in fact, from Vision Zero, which has been sort of uh, arguably moderately successful in reducing traffic fatalities. Uh, Now this is about the homeless, the homeless crazies. Uh, This will set out to identify, treat, and regularly follow up with New Yorkers who meet two strict requirements, a history of mental illness and a history of violent behavior. This is from Gothamist. Some of the media have tried to portray this as being about the homeless, first and foremost. That's the mayor, a uh, quote from the mayor. Uh, and the mayor goes on to say, no, it is about people with mental health challenges who are prone to violence. They are a concern to all of us, whether they live in an apartment building, a private home, or on the street. Uh, that's, you know, all right, here's the smoke screen, okay? <laughs> yeah. This is the smoke screen. Okay. You listening? You paying attention? Right, yeah. We were we just talking about no more 250s, no more going to jail for... Um, low-level crimes, keeping them in the, in the system, then what happens? Now they're all out in the street. Mm-hmm. Now you have to figure out, what are we going to do with them now? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're not going to arrest them, but we're going to temporarily de- detain them in psych wards. We're basically, <laughs> going to the cop is going to be like, this guy's homeless, the other one's going to come in and deem they're crazy, and instead of putting them in jail, they're going to put them in somewhere else where they can get them back somewhere, they're going to hide them somewhere else. Mm. It's just You're just hiding them, that's all you're doing. You're putting, <laughs> that's all they do. <laughs> They don't want them in the street. That's it. People start complaining. Um, well, yeah, yeah. People pay a lot of money to live here. I'm a doorman. I got like a like this gig is a doorman once in a while, and the people come over. There's like a homeless person, you know, in, in the park, and I'm like, yeah, so, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, well, you can't get, you, you got to get them out of there. I'm like, why? It's a public park. 
Yeah. And even when I was a cop, I would have said to you, you can know. They can sit there. It's not 9 p.m. You, you know, everybody yeah. wants to help, but they don't want it next door to their house. Yeah. They, yeah they, you know? They don't want the guy taking a dump uh, on the street outside, but they don't want to let him in to use the bathroom either. Now it's a big, big problem. Big, mm -hmm. big problem because these people aren't going through the system. What are we going to do with them? Well, now it's going to cost $22 million a year. Uh, and it's anchored by uh, Central uh, uh, New York uh, NYC Safe Hub is what it is. Now, the Safe Hub will be an office where the mayor's criminal justice team <laughs> will maintain files on New Yorkers who fit those criteria. So this is this is what you're talking about. <laughs> They're going to allow the Department of Health. Uh, They're not going to get an arrest number now. They're going to get some type of psych number. Yeah. It's still a number, and it's going to count. You're going to be in that unit as a cop, and your job is going to be to... Basically, take this person off, but you're not arresting them. It says here it's gonna have, they're gonna give them a tattoo uh, right behind their right ear. But <laughs> <laughs> a tag them and, and a release chip. them back. And a chip. And a chip. <laughs> a chip that tells them to jump off a bridge. It explodes them like that movie. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's actually not a bad idea. Put a chip in their head that makes yeah, yeah. them jump off a bridge. <laughs> Homeless services uh, are going to weigh in on individual patients all in one place with the NYPD and the Department of Health. You know what? If they're going to get help, I think it's a good idea. Well, they're going to have social workers uh, to make sure that, uh, you know, that, uh, that that things go okay. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're going to exercise like, a, you know, case-by-case -case judgment. It sounds like it's going to take a little bit of coordination between health professionals and cops, which I don't think traditionally are going to be, they're not going to like each other much. Well, they're going to have to learn to, to, to work together. It'll mm -hmm. happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, you know. I can't say it's a bad idea. Instead get of putting them in a jail, you get them help. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you arrest them and then the, you don't want them just trying to get arrested. Uh, those, that, those who act out violently will still be the NYPD's jurisdiction. That'll pro It will prompt a traditional police response, which will be an arrest uh, if they act out violently. But now the NYPD will have immediate backup from the clinicians who specialize in mental health issues. So, like, as this is going on, it's like I imagine guys in white coats with stethoscopes showing up. You're hurting him. I just I, I'm thinking of um, take it easy. I'm thinking of the uh, what do they call that? Um, the way you handle it as a cop, because when you um, your tactics. So when you're in a, when you have a hospitalized prisoner, they're they're cuffed to the bed, and when the doctor wants to come in and talk. Um, check on the uh, on the on his patient that uh -huh. is a prisoner at the same time sometimes you'll have a cop that says um can you take the cuffs off him and i'm like all right <laughs> you know like the I, I i should you know let him know that they're violent and i usually do i said listen i fought with this guy whatever right you tell him that outside but sometimes you still get a, a doctor that wants the cuffs off and yeah. then they'll be like can you stand outside officer all right, fine too. You close the door. Oh. Next thing you hear, what, 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 what? Who, who, who? What, 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 what? Who, who? Uh, uh, that's great. You thumb, as you thumb through the paper, uh -huh. <laughs> sitting in your chair, th 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 uh. head banging off the door. Doom, doom. Ah, ah, ah. Help me. <laughs> It just seems, uh, yeah, it's dangerous. Why, why tempt fate? You know what I mean? If you, if I'm a doctor and I come in, he's handcuffed. I go, eh, fuck it. He's probably like that for a reason. Five new co-response teams, NYPD officers and uh, DOH clinicians, are on call on two city basis, 
it's a proactive approach <laughs> just like you said yeah. this one now they can be proactive again uh, with the with the team of doctors like you said maybe it's a good idea three new uh, intensive mobile treatment teams will be dispatched anytime there's a new yorker who needs intensive care now it is good because when i see a guy who has maggots coming off of his fucking foot i go you know what yeah somebody do something man that stinks up the whole fucking train car yeah, yeah like that guy's got a fucking he's got he needs to if, if you just come and put a pair of shoes on him you i know, tell you honestly a sandwich bag around this it. this type of thing this um with the homeless it humanizes people because what they do with the shelter system that i always thought was so messed up was if you god forbid you were homeless and a lot of these people they're not homeless like the way you think like they don't work no they, they get a divorce now they you know they're paying the kids college and they can't afford it their their own, their own place. So they're on these islands. They're not all, all like, you know, the, your perception of being homeless. But they can't just get like a bed for a week. You know, every single day they got to go stand in that line and try to get a bed like um, the, the movie with Will Smith with his son. Remember how they were going around? That's oh, exactly Hitch. how it yeah. is. No, no, not Hitch. Oh. Um, the one the, when he becomes a, a Wall Street. The um, Fresh Prince of the... <laughs> anyway... <laughs> They move you around. You can never get any comfort, and it's it was disheartening to me. Yeah, yeah, that does suck. I mean, like having to stand in line every single day, uh, and and uh, I mean that, that'll wear you out. Because it's hard to like, have a job and make sure that you're in line by three o'clock in the afternoon or five o'clock, whatever it was, to get mm -hmm. your bed for that night. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. There's uh, fifty six thousand two hundred eighty four people in the city shelter system. Only a small percentage are both mentally ill and violent. So this could be, you know, a $22 million response to a fairly small number of people. But it's a growing number of people. Uh, you know, it's like the more homeless people you have, the more they're going to want to, uh, you know, rob people and get violent and shit. You know, they, they, we, they've pushed people in front of trains before, you know, and sometimes not even out of any particular malice. They're just out, mentally ill. Uh, they're, they they can be dangerous. It, it, there was a homeless guy asking for money in Central Park, choked a guy out who didn't pay him. So they... They're not always... Uh, that's what we're talking about. That's See what, what happens about. when it starts getting... When it starts leaking out into different areas of the city, mm -hmm. then it becomes a problem. Then it's, yeah. <laughs> you know, those shootings that are happening right now, where are they happening? They're still in those areas, those pockets of New York City... Mm -hmm. East New York ...where it's low-income housing. Mm -hmm. Okay? And when those shootings happen, 20, 20 in, a, in a weekend, that we had just had a weekend like that, what, it makes the papers, it's an outrage... But, uh, you know, nobody really, they're still over there. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. One yeah. guy gets robbed in Central Park. That's it. Yeah. Got to get all the homeless off the street again. <laughs> it's out of control. We got to come yeah. up with a plan. The next day, they got this, get some social service, team up with the cops. Here's some money. Let's get this thing taken care of. Yeah. I, and I, I also think that uh, the uh, wife of de Blasio has a lot to do with it. I think, I think Shirlane McRae has a, a lot, a lot of say in this because she really is an advocate for mentally ill people. And I think that she wants to see them uh, treated more fairly. I don't know why that is, but <laughs> I mean, I, but for, I mean for her in particular, you know. But she is for it, and uh, yeah. So that's well, not a bad thing. There we go. That's the new. That's the mayor's new plan. Police have res uh, arrested a suspect. Now we reported on a, a village uh, groping, a West Village groping. Uh, police have arrested a suspect in the West Village ass cheek groping of a sleeping rich woman just after 5 a.m. crept into the second floor bedroom of 43-year-old IT project manager Linda Kahn. Kahn told CBS2, it's horrifying, frightening. He touched me inappropriately. I was asleep. I woke up because he touched me. The suspect, 78-year-old comedian and actor Bill Cosby. <laughs> Not really. It was Shaolin burglar, 35-year-old Jeffrey Joseph. Also a comedian, though. There's a comedian here, Jeffrey Joseph. It's not him. 
yeah. Uh, no, she sounds like she's equally angry that he woke her up. You know? It's, uh, it was terrifying. He woke me up. I was asleep, and he touched me. I had a case just like that. He didn't touch her, but he was burglarizing her. He took her laptop, mm. came in through the window. Yeah. Because you know what? There's a lot of this stuff going on. In um, where the, the hipsters Village. live, He's, but also in the in the in the West Village, I mean, in in uh, where the hipsters, wherever yeah, the hipsters, like Williamsburg, because yeah. they they leave their window open. They actually had a meeting, oh. the uh, that precinct over there in Williamsburg with mm-hmm. the people supposedly, because there's so many burglaries that are happening, and that's because they 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 want to keep their windows open. They don't want to fear anything. Yeah, for Christ's sake. So they come sake. in. Yeah, take the handcuffs off. They they come in and <laughs> you know they're, I guess they're welcome when they're sleeping. Just you know. Yeah, I you know, just don't and, touch me. And that's what this guy went wrong. <laughs> Could have had anything he wanted in there, but he touched her. Sensing her, sensing his faux pas after he uh, touched her butt cheeks, uh, Joseph fled the apartment, which uh, the surveillance cameras caught his image, and pretty clearly he was he was arrested. So that, he has he has three dozen prior arrests. That's that that might be the guy that I arrested because it's the same exact situation. <laughs> this mine was a guy in by Columbia University. They used to walk down the street and help the supers take out the garbage, and mm-hmm. for that they used to give him five ten bucks because these tall buildings they get a lot of garbage. So they get this guy'd come and he'd get the garbage out, throw him five ten bucks, and when he didn't get work, he would just go check the doors or watch somebody walk in the building. And that's what he did. He, he was looking for work. There was nothing. So we just followed somebody into the building. We watched the camera. Uh-huh. He goes up to the roof and works his way down. Found an open window, comes in. The girl's sleeping. She wakes up. She sees him. They make eye contact. He goes out the front door with a laptop and uh, whatever he, she had on the drawer. Thank God he didn't touch her. Very pragmatic. I got the guy. Yeah. He came out on the way out. You could see him. And then he was from the neighborhood. Everybody knew him. Yeah. What was his name? I don't remember his name. It was a long time ago. It might be that guy, though. It's the same Jeffrey MO. Jeffrey Joseph would be the guy. Yeah. 35-year-old Jeffrey Joseph. Uh, well, you know, we don't need to clarify his appearance anymore. I mean, like, the guy's wearing a pair of black pants and a white shirt. You know how they do. Burglar style. <laughs> three Burglar dozen. style. Yeah, yeah, the shirt, like, slung over his shoulder, too. He was kind of shirtless. Uh, I, I think it's... Uh, he certainly had her by himself, by herself, you know. And so, like, just to grab her butt cheeks and run out, um, it seems like a long way to go for a sleepy time butt grabbing. That's, like, I guess, uh, you know, uh, he the, his last uh, he served nine months for petit larceny for stealing packages off front stoops down in the Forgotten Borough, which I guess is a gateway crime. To, well, uh, now he's going to get his own <laughs> cop and his own social worker, yeah, and they're going to tell him, "You're not allowed to grab any more butts, okay?" <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. That's bad. Do you gonna, understand? He's okay. He's watch films with his right, eyes now propped get out open. Of here. Uh, butter grabbing, you know. And behave porn. yourself. <laughs> Stay out of trouble. Jeffrey. Jeffrey. <laughs> That's all it's going to be. Yeah. It's just going to be like somebody telling you to behave yourself, you know, and then like then sending back out there. Well, it's got three what are you dozen to do with people th- like this. Three dozen arrests, for God's sake. That's another thing. People are always surprised, like, why is this person in the street? If you have 30 arrests, you should probably be doing some time. Yeah, it's like like 30 strikes and you're out. You know, they they just let a guy go. This is like not a New York City guy. It was he had he'd been in jail for 20 years on weed. Weed. Because wow. it was at three strikes and you're out shit. Now they're repealing that stuff and kind of getting it off the books because the crack's under control That's now. It's a long time to, yeah. But they wanted to lock people up forever. <laughs> like, the shit's got to stop. There was a kid from my neighborhood, a graffiti writer, and he wound up, his third strike was up stealing a bag of chicks from a, a, a deli on, on, oh, on Steinway. Oh, man. Yeah, that was his third. So whatever he had on the books, the robbery and the other thing, he had to do the time for that. Wow. You know, for a... Well, and, and it's... Anybody who's that stupid... 
You're going to steal a bag of fucking chips. He was on drugs, just bugging out. Right. He's probably on that. Uh, and you know what? In, in the end, it probably saved his life, gave him a couple of extra years. Not uh, on the streets doing drugs anymore, and he kept him off the, the streets. You think you think jail's better than being in the streets? Sometimes? For him, it was. When you're hooked on drugs like that, you could you could get drugs in jail, but there's a certain amount of drugs you can get, not like what you're doing in the street. Yeah, well, what kind of drugs? I mean, we're we talking about. He was smoking angel dust. Angel dust. <laughs> Old school. <laughs> PCP. Dust is a must. You ever smoke dust? I never smoked dust. This I, way. He's the one who took me to smoke the dust. <laughs> you were in the story. Uh, he was like, "You want to get some of the smoke?" You know, he goes, "You want to get some smoke?" So I was like, yeah, okay. I'm like 15 years old. We grabbed two kids' uh, BMX bike. Mm-hmm. We're driving over. Next thing you know, we're driving over the Tribal Bridge. So I'm like, where is this freaking weed spot? Going from where to where now? From Astoria. To- but we, we jumped on, like, you know how you jump on the, the Grand Central Parkway, then you now you're heading up to the Tribal Bridge. Sure. So I'm like, where the hell are we going for this weed? Like, we're on the side of the, that, um, the, the 95. Okay. We finally get to Washington Heights. He runs in. He comes out. We park, we park the box, bike somewhere, we roll it up, we start smoking it. And um, mind you, I've always been the same age, so riding that BMX bike was tough for me. I'm, I'm the same height, I'm six foot four. Oh. <laughs> it was a little BMX bike. But now we're smoking, See, I'm, I'm like... I'm telling you, that's why you can get into those clubs. Six yeah. four, you don't look 14. <laughs> so we're smoking this stuff, and I'm like, this tastes weird, what kind of weed is it? He goes, yo, it's dust. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, next thing you know, I'm tripping. Mm-hmm. And we're driving back on these BMX bikes that is way too small for me from Washington Heights back to Astoria. Then I played in a football game. Yeah. <laughs> when we got back, I played in a football <laughs> game. That was all dusted that night. And uh, how, I, got, I, I must know, how, how'd you do in the game? We did, did good. You I was scored, the quarterback. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we did good. That's a performance-enhancing drug, it turns yeah, out. Yeah, I might have hit some, somebody in the back of the head with the ball a couple of times. I don't know. I don't remember, but I remember I played football. There was a guy who was on the ground twitching for a little while. <laughs> well, the devil uh, is in that stuff, I tell you. That is some harsh stuff. James man. Brown used to smoke dust. There you go. Yeah, get on up. How did they make a movie about him that's PG-13? That's did you I, see the movie? No. You can't even understand what the act The act is really, really good. He's so good that he's talking like James Brown. Exactly. But the only problem was you could never understand James Brown. So the whole movie's like, and like, what the, what the, what did you, you're watching a movie. He's supposed to. <laughs> he always thought his band was disobedient, you know? He's they the, didn't understand he's the lead. He's the lead actor in the movie, and you can't understand what he's saying. Oh, that's the worst. I tried to, uh, news whore over there, uh, he talked me into watching, uh, what is it called, uh, Gone Girl. You ever seen Gone Girl? Yeah, yeah, Boy, yeah. That is a, that's the fucking worst piece of shit I've ever seen. This uh, Ben Affleck, and he has dialogue with the, whoever this uh, woman is, and I can't understand any of it. It's too quiet. They're having this like uh, little this cutesy ass fucking meet cute conversation. I boy did I hate that movie. I, I, we should, I turned it off about a third of the way through. It was horrible. I liked it. Oh boy, it's a scary subject though. I mean, you know, with the wife and blackmailing you and all this stuff like that. It makes it look like she's dead. Yeah, so she can get out of there and and then she uh, leaves a bunch of evidence. Yeah, and so then he gets. Uh, Arrested, charged, all that shit, and then some other stuff happens. It's horrible. It's it's, it's kind of sort of what's going through and happening to him right now, but in real life, right? Now. <laughs> the fucking He's nanny. So screwed. Dude. I saw this picture of him in the paper today. He just so looks so miserable. He's walking around his <laughs> property in his house. They caught him like in the worst mood. On the other side, there's a picture of the two girls. Now there's two of them there. I didn't really know the whole story. I know he had one <laughs> nanny, but now it's possibly two nannies. Oh man, two and, nannies. And uh, this is all going on in the paper. Well, you're trying to save your ass for your wife. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it's, yeah. it's looking, looking like an asshole. It yeah. sucks, man. You yeah. caught a bad freaking. Sometimes you catch yeah. it bad, man. Boy, I tell you, you I, caught it bad. You should have just kept fucking Matt Damon. He'd At be that right. point, you just gotta, you know, tuck your chin in, <laughs> take your lumps, and get back out there. Like it didn't happen. Yeah. Get your lawyer and say, all right, it's done. I don't want to talk to her no more. You take care of everything. Go out and be a Muslim apologist on Bill Maher some more. He's working know? a lot. He's got a lot of money. He's gonna have to give her a lot of money. Well, so much money. Needless to say, yeah. Every, we it. always have to, you know. And then he, I mean, like I. I nothing in my divorce you know but then uh you know what we're we gonna split you know what i mean like but, the, but then again i didn't fuck the nanny but uh, now you're doing good you don't have to give her any now <laughs> i'm rolling in the dough now <laughs> i tell you uh in the bronx a guy uh stabbed you a, a four guy. bedroom apartment i heard <laughs> I, you, you would me? not believe how, right, right now, how high i'm fucking flying that's ridiculous four bedroom apartment 10 roommates you're killing it i right haven't now. drank in 15 years but tonight's the night <laughs> A guy stabbed a guy on a southbound two train. Police are seeking a man in his late 40s who they believe stabbed a 25-year-old after a verbal dispute over a seat. Over a seat. They had a verbal dispute. Here's here's what I how, what I, it probably sounded like. No, please, I insist, you take the seat. <laughs> Next thing you know, somebody's getting cut. How bad do you really want to sit down? There's no video of this one? No, it was on the Nobody on went well, Star? <laughs> Most 99% right. of those things are getting World caught. Star. You're right. Who didn't? Who, Isn't that funny how that works? Yeah, I think that, when, could, that didn't happen. I Forget think, it. I don't want to hear the story anymore. It didn't happen. I think when there's it's a, not on freaking tape, it didn't happen, okay? Don't waste my time. When there's a fight, then it's World Star. When somebody gets cut, they're like, I'm deleting this shit. On the subway, the best one of the best fights I've ever seen, that tall dude coming home from work, the 51-year-old dude. Mm. He's got the little punk yelling at him, and he he must have been a boxer. He has skills. What the hell happened? I didn't hear Well, it was on the train. You can yeah. watch the video. But it's just like this, you know, just a fight on the train. And the kid's uh, giving him a hard time, and he just uh, beats him down. Huh? <sighs> he beats him so, so bad. The one that everybody loves is the guy in the eight-ball jacket who... Uh, yeah, that smack. The yeah. smack hurt around the world. Yeah, boy, I tell you. I wonder she, what that guy's doing now. I uh, wonder if that girl changed. Probably not. Well, he's out, and, and You can't beat sense into people. I, I know that the hard way. Well, I she knocked did, out a lot of freaking stupid dudes in my neighborhood. <laughs> growing up <laughs> never, and they're never still stupid I still see him walking around like dude didn't I educate you before look oh, at you you're still the same violence might not be the answer for them but it sure as hell worked for you uh-huh. you know the uh, woman hit him with a stiletto you know so it's not as if she was just like oh, she, she was, was making, making fun of the jacket but she's doing she did some time yeah, she, for that. yeah, she probably got. Yeah. What, what's it's assault you know I mean like you can't hit somebody with something sharp he was deceiving too because she was smiling at him, and then all of a sudden she smacks him with the smile still on her face. Mm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, as much as she was yelling, I was like, you know what? This chick's pretty cute. And then all of a sudden, right? And I'm, I'm caught up in the cuteness, whack, with the stiletto. I'm like, <laughs> that's exactly what easy, she's baby. To, she easy. sucks you in with that cuteness. But it's, it's some version of that very often with that type of person. Uh, I'm talking about a person who doesn't have a penis. During the argument, the suspect pulled out a sharp object and stabbed the younger man twice in the abdomen and in the left arm. Uh, and I'm at the point in my life, the 25-year-old got stabbed by a guy in his late 40s. I kind of identify with a 40-year-old 10 times out of 10. The 40-year-old did the stabbing. He did the stabbing. He's late, late 40s. And I, you know what? Yeah, I'm good for you. <laughs> Glad you he stabbed was, uh, that guy. What was that guy from the uh, the subway? Bernie Getz. No, Bernie Getz. Bernie Getz, exactly. With a knife. Yeah. It Don't was, fuck yeah. with me, man. <laughs> Don't mess with me, man. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, falling down. 
Mm-hmm. Guy's coming home on the train. You know, he's had a, he's had twenty years of hard luck. Right now, he realizes his dreams are over. Nothing's gonna happen. He's yeah. this is his life. The American. Then dream. he gets some freaking uh, what is it? Millennium, right? That's what they call them, the kids now. The millennials. The millennials. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Manel- <laughs> can you say <laughs> the millennials? They see, he sits down next to him. He's doing the open the spread leg thing. This guy's like, yo. <laughs> yeah, make a little room here. How pal. does this feel? Quack yeah. quack. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Just like you know that. What? I tell you, he straightens. A lot of these people get straightened out. Well, you, you give them a little violence, changes them right away. All the time. You know how? It, yeah, it's it's always the answer. This guy uh, who you know remember how in, in the movie Falling Down, since you made the analogy, he's a real normal looking guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. this guy looks totally regular. He, they he's, they caught him on surveillance coming out of the East 149th Street station. Around 2.15 p.m., broad daylight, and he's uh, wearing a white hat, shopping bag. He looks like a regular-ass middle-aged black guy who's wearing a pair of shorts and just did some shopping. He doesn't look like anybody who would knife anybody. Well, he's they do it quick. Pop, pop. Yeah. Don't mess with me. Yeah. And I guarantee you that guy's done jail time. He just wanted to get that guy off him. Stay away from me. You don't know who you're messing with. Stabbed him twice. Remember when the Marine, I think he was a Marine, he stabbed somebody in front of the train station and he killed him because he knew where to stab him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a Marine walking, coming out of the train. Some guy starts messing with him, mm-hmm. pushes him around a little bit. The guy takes the knife out. He, he gets on one knee and stabs him right in his aorta, um, I mean uh, the major vein. Uh, going down the thigh. Oh shit! Right and there. And he opened yeah, him up the right there. The guy bled, yeah, yeah he, he bled right out. That guy died. Holy shit! I wound up doing time for that. Well, yeah, I killed him, but uh, yeah, but he, the he, other he, guy started it. Clearly, it was on videotape. You see him pushing him around. Yeah, but he's trying say, to get away. But you wouldn't say, oh, okay, yeah. Well, hey, I'm, I'm all, anywhere you you stab somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, you could kill them. If, but he knew right. If you don't where. know what you're doing, but this yeah. guy knew what he was doing. That's he knew thing. exactly where to stab him. Knew how to kill. He was trained, yeah. If he's waiting for somebody to push him, he's going to find it in New York City. So this guy, whoever was on the train that had that little sharp object, is your search as a detective, I'm telling you, starts off with looking at um, somebody who fits the description and has prior um, knife arrests. Okay. And stabbing arrests. Right. And you pay, you pull those out first. Okay. And then you start narrowing the scope down to that New makes York, sense, the yeah. Bronx. Yeah. You narrow it down to the age, like that, things like that. And you do it with that precinct. If it happened on the train, now you're a little, because people travel a lot. Mm. So, so, yeah, it gets to be tough. On but the train. probably not the first person he stabbed on the train either. It's probably another freaking case like this from five years ago. Boy, I tell you, I've had enough. I'm gonna, I need to get a knife. You got to be, it's I like got to get a knife and I want to learn some skills. You, you know what? If you're going on a train and it's busy, a man. You're probably not going to get a seat because you're going to give it up in two seconds to somebody. I don't your give mom it up to anybody. Kid. I don't give it up to anybody. I get you. Know who I give old it up to old lady, old man. I give on, it to grab a seat. lady over 75, not 70, 75. If you give it up to over 70, like between 70 and 75, they have this pride and they're like, oh, no. What do you think? I look old or something? Mm-hmm. Like they really, New York, they have that attitude. And then, so I don't do it. And then a nurse, I always give it up for a nurse. I'd give it up for a nurse. I never, a nurse is like, and a nurse is wearing night. scrubs. Yeah, she, she just worked fucking really hard. Unless she's somebody who's just likes, is into scrubs <laughs> and loves sitting on the train. That's and when she gets one. to work, she it changes. gets lots of love from her. That's her train ride, uh, the scrub. Where? That's what she wears to it. You know what? It always gets me a seat. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> and she gets to work and she puts on a waitress uniform. Yeah. I would give it up for a waitress. If I knew a woman was a waitress, I would give well, it up for a waitress. I should have said waitress. I yeah. should have said something really... My mom was a waitress. I think, you know what? Yeah, I'll give up my seat for a waitress or a nurse or 
75 and over. But that's well, it. No you, pregnant women. Pregnant women can stand. But there's also those people that they want to give up their seat to anybody. It's like, dude, why did you even sit down? If every freaking person that comes near, you're going to make that eye contact with him and ask him if he wants you, you know. Yeah, you ever see that person? Because then they make you feel guilty. Oh, for Christ's sake. They want a, they want a trophy. Yeah. For, yeah. They, they always, it's all luck that three pregnant women happen to be on the train at the same freaking time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? If she goes into labor, if I'll you get give, If you go in right away, right off the bat, now I'm obligated. I got to open my eyes. <laughs> pretend like I'm not sleeping anymore and then oh a pregnant girl because <laughs> you know you keep that yeah. one eye open a little bit just to keep see what's going on out there mm-hmm. while you're pretending you're sleep, sleeping <laughs> really three pregnant girls on the same freaking car at the same time mm, that's something for the spank bank a Manhattan judge on Wednesday sentenced a NYPD cop an ex-NYPD cop now to two years in prison for his role in the 2013 motorcycle gang beating of a Tribeca dad in front of his wife and inf- right in in front of his wife and infant daughter that's the thing now we all remember this video the cops uh, or the uh, excuse me the bikers chased this guy down he uh, uh he had run over one of their own in a panic because they had him blocked in they were trying to get him out of the vehicle he didn't want to get out of the vehicle because there's a bunch of them and uh, he had shit to do he's trying to shop everybody remembers this this video is crazy by the way the you're GoPro getting attacked when you're driving in go ahead yeah no go ahead yeah you're getting attacked no you're when right. you're driving in that situation mm-hmm. And there's just a million motorcycles passing you. Mm-hmm. And you're not familiar. Like, you never rode a bike. I don't know the etiquette of, like, if they're going right or left. I'm just going in my lane. And they keep zipping by me. And there's a lot of them at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe he wants to get out of that lane. Whatever happened. The bottom line is, I, I hated that incident when I watched it. It made oh, me yeah. really, really angry. Yeah. You know, the aggression of these guys. And mm-hmm. the fact that one of these guys was a cop. And uh, he could have done something, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. You know what? Do your time, bro. Was Czech Brashcock, 34 He's years gotta old. He's got to do his time, this guy. Convicted on June 9th of assault and other charges, uh, but acquitted of the top count of gang assault after a non-jury trial. He didn't get a jury trial because the jury tri- the jury would have gone like, fuck you. Yeah, Watch especially now. He's smart. That's mm-hmm. No. Judge. Take what judge the judge is, gives judge you. Like, well, let me see you now. He's going to do a year. On. I have to think about the law here. He's going to do a year. Uh, a year. Uh, what was on their minds was revenge, pure and simple. This is according to the uh, uh, the Justice Maxwell, Maxwell Wiley. He said, that's all it was. And like a gang, they terrorized these people without regard uh, for who these people were. They're not even... <laughs> then This isn't even... It's um, like regular people, yeah. But I'm talking about the bikers. Mm-hmm. This isn't Marlon Brando in, in uh, that motorcycle movie. What was that? The, the one? wild one. The wild one, the mm-hmm. gang rolling into town. That's what it feels like, though. These are, Half these guys have jobs. Uh, one guy's a cop. Who knows what else these other guys, but on the weekend, they're yeah. going to take over their city, the city on their motorcycles. Mm-hmm. And, you know what? You're going to get out of our way. Right. Well, yeah, they're not even like, uh, I, I like that point. You know what I mean? They should know better. They wouldn't like it if they were driving, you know, and that, that shit was happening. They're, One of those like, guys got run over, but the reason why they got run over is because they zip around you and they surround your car. No, they, yeah, they pinned him in. They had stopped him completely. They rode him to a oh, complete yeah, stop. Yeah, the yeah, way, it, the way yeah, it initially yeah. was is they did a, uh, what do you call it, a brake check on the guy. And the mm-hmm. guy, and, like, they, you know, pulled in front of him, slowed down because they didn't like what was going on. He bumped one of them. Okay. And that was, everything was fine. You know, the guy, whatever. And well, everybody started hurt. moving ahead and that and guy then, stayed there. Yeah, and then, they, and then they brought it all down to a stop because they're like, hey, you ran into our guy, but the guy was okay. And then, like, uh, and then he panics because they're trying to fucking drag him to open the door. And then he runs over a guy, and mm-hmm. that's the guy who got paralyzed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the one they're so mad about. He was clinging to life. So they, you know, he takes off, and when he, he gets to a certain point, they surround his car. Brashcock himself knocks the back glass out of the damn truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
glass all over the baby. You're right. These are not like Marlon Brando bikers. These aren't even like every which way but loose bikers. Remember those ones? (laughs) (laughs) Right turn, Clyde. (laughs) I wish the bikers were like that. There's sometimes when you want a gang of bikers to ride in and just beat the shit out of everybody. This is, I've got no problem with people shopping. Uh, and this guy's doing two years. Now, the other guy broke down in tears. The other, the other defendant in this case, he wasn't a cop. And uh, he could have gotten up to like seven and a half years. I think they got three years because he, uh, the judge was impressed with his remorse. So uh, this, uh, I don't know. Yeah, what... I don't know why people, more people don't cry in court. Yeah. <laughs> I was, as soon as you brought me in, I'd start. I'd start crying right from the beginning. Yes. It's, it's, it's so much easier than ratting out on your friends. Nobody's going to hate you. They're like, this guy's never going to make it. He's in the rain. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Ron. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I was like, dude, relax, bro. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> God, your tail light, here. Your tail right. light was out, man. <laughs> man up. Get out of here. Man. Hey, uh, uh, Mark DeMeo, good to have you back again. So we're, we're going to see you at a Fringe Festival here in New York City. It's uh, part of the New York City uh, Comedy Festival, New York City Fringe Festival. It's the International Fringe Festival. International Fringe Festival. New York City Fringe.com. Okay, NewYorkCityFringe.com. And this is your show, 20 and Out, about your years. It's, it's your, called The Broccoli Murder, The Caprio Dance, and other stories from my 20 years as a New York City cop. Oh, why did you? And okay, it was formerly 20, called 20 and Out. Yes, and I have I have the fly right here. Okay, yeah, I'd like to look at it, yeah. And I have five dates, the first of which is this Monday. Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, when you air this. Uh, um, yeah, this no, it, no, it'll be on Monday, 817. Uh, this is at under St. Mark's, 515 to 645. Hour and a half, huh? No, yeah. That's all you. Yeah. Wow. Today Mark. we did a tech and I was at one twenty eight, so we're good. And you have a you're wrapped up in the police tape here in the in the photo. That way, is is this in the that's part of the show, obviously. Uh, uh no, it's a publicity f- photo. Oh, okay. That doesn't I also, happen. I, I also got a job on this um as a uh what is it, a police consultant on this brand new show that's coming out in ABC um this fall called uh, Probable Cause. No kidding. It's by the same writer as um Monk, Andy wow. Breckman, and and and, and you have, you're a consultant, a police a consultant show. on the on the yes. Show. Jesus Christ, that's great. Yep. Wow, man. Now, pretty soon you're not gonna have to sell cocaine anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what was the broccoli murder? Oh, uh, it's a, it's a, basically the story is about not every um, my show revolves around um, the theme of uh, crime dramas. Mm-hmm. You know, SWAT and all these different things. I remember uh, SWAT, yeah. Barney Miller, and Hill Street Blues. And in a lot of these shows, uh, CSI and Law and Order, the debts are usually like, uh, you know, respectable type of debts. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The, mm-hmm. the criminal's a mastermind and stuff like that. And <laughs> you know, yeah. nothing could be further from the truth. The Broccoli murder is probably it was a it was a horrible crime. And when you start thinking about the way people could actually die, and for the reason they they are dead. It's insane to think about it. It's it's something to swallow and to take home and start thinking about violence in that way. Yeah, you mean somebody uh, murdered by a? But it's a comedy, by the way. Oh right, right, of course. It's a comedy. I mean, it's a long story, but it's it's a funny, funny story and. uh, it's so it's just there's this whole uh, it's other stories. So your your I, I, your DiCaprio story is hilarious. I've loved that story forever. You were a, a security for Leonardo DiCaprio. One night. Oh my God. <laughs> my night with the Leo. Responsibility. <laughs> Softest hands I ever felt in my life. Oh my God. Shook my hand, man. Guy turned out to be a great guy. <laughs> hey, you know. And he, I was apprehensive too, you know, because at some point he was like my uh, my ward. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to make sure nobody bothers him. Yeah. And he, I had to meet him. 
You feel like, like Kevin Costner. Like, this guy's never going to want to meet me at a freaking bookend in a nightclub. Uh-huh. But then he was the nicest guy in the world. Turned around, shook my hand, you know, smiling. Hey, what's up, Mark? Nice to meet you. Yeah, wow. Softest hands I ever felt in my life. <laughs> right there on your cock. Yeah, it was. It was everything you would, you would think. Shaking. When he touched my cheek. <laughs> yeah, it was just. He's a soft. Uh, well, what was this post Titanic? This was like last year, two years ago. Oh my God! All right. Damn. Wow. So that's post almost everything. That's yeah. right. Everything right up to uh, the. Uh, he's like, like he's that one of those yeah. stories that if you said uh, when you get to heaven, Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. like you get to heaven, right? Mm. And God looks at me and goes, uh, Leo, you could chill here. What, what do you want me to do? You already had it. <laughs> it's never gonna. I can't get any better than that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You can hang out if you want. I can send you back as a ghost. You can bother uh, people. This is those are the two <laughs> options I got, Leo. What do you want? Because it's never uh, gonna get better than your life was. No, that's yeah. Him, Hugh Hefner. <laughs> There's very few people that fall into that. Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Well, not. I don't think Tom Cruise did what he could have done. Um, I'm talking about um, the other one. Um, yeah, forget Tom, Tom Cruise is not having you, heaven on earth. Uh, no, no, he's he's uh, he only. L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, no, the uh, the other actor from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. What's his name? Oh, Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. Yeah, he's yeah, he's. Oh boy, good old John. You know who's got a good life is uh, Keith Richards. You know, their yeah, buddies. Yeah. Hey, Keith Richards is the coolest man alive. He's got enough handlers to where they can like uh-huh. responsibly dispense the heroin. You know what I mean? Did you ever hear that thing? Like every time <laughs> you smoke, every time you smoke a cigarette, um, Keith Richards gets another day. <laughs> good and evil at work. <laughs> Here in the world, well, uh, I'm definitely going to see this uh, under St. Mark's, uh, and it's uh, you've got a variety of dates. This is eight seventeen, eight twenty, eight twenty three, eight twenty five, eight twenty nine. There's no way you're going to remember that. So here's what you can remember: fringenyc.org. That's all you got to do. Go to fringenyc.org. Then you're, that's how you'll find a way to find uh, to find tickets to see Mark DeMeo uh, at the uh, at the Fringe Festival. I can't wait, man. That's awesome. That you're, you know, uh, police stories are always fun. It sounds like a good one. Uh, and uh, if you want to go find out information about how to see me, here's what you do. All you got to do is go to uh, patdixonnyc.com. And that's the information on me, stand-up comedian Pat Dixon. And you want to listen to these shows. And, uh, you know, what else can you do on there? You can buy a T-shirt, yes, at crimereport.nyc. These great New York City Crime Report T-shirts. You know, somebody uh, had, had made a comment on my Instagram. He said, oh, I, do, they, uh, do, they, uh, do you have any that don't say rape on them? Well, no, I don't. <laughs> they all say uh, robbery, murder, rape, hilarious on the back. And if you don't want one, that's fine. I am not a shirt salesman. I'm a comedian. And uh, <laughs> if you get it, you'll own it. Uh, and those are, uh, oh, they, they're the prices on there. Go to crimereport.nyc. And uh, if, you wanna, if you want tickets to see me at Caroline's, all you got to do, write me, patdixonnyc at gmail. For tickets, put that in the subject line, tickets, and send me an email, patdixonnyc at gmail. Now, if you find yourself on my website, you can also write me through there. But just remember the name, the patdixonnyc at gmail.com. Write me for free tickets to see me at Caroline's. You know who showed up the other night? Man, what a show we had. Jim David, first of all, shows oh, up. Oh, wow, really? Love Jim David. Yeah, Wasn't too. scheduled. And then Judah Friedlander. That was oh. our first two comics. That's, that's oh, a, yeah. What a night. Bill that's Burr awesome. has showed up there before. Uh, Gaffigan showed up there before. We, we've had so many people come in. It's great. And, and Caroline's is that kind of club, you know, where yeah, we get the drop-ins. Uh, the best. So uh, it's on Mondays, 930 for the rest of August. Write me for tickets, and you will get them because you're a fan of New York City Crime Report, and I want you to come out. And uh, that is that. So more shows coming up in the future. 
Thank you one more time for demand. Thanks for having me, Pat Dixon. And thank you. It was great. I had a good time. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. Here's the smoke screen, okay? Yeah. This is the smoke screen. Okay. You're listening? You're paying attention? Right, yes. What were we just talking about? No more 250s. No more going to jail for um, low-level crimes, keeping them in the, sy- in the system. Then what happens? Now they roll out in the street. Mm-hmm. Now you have to figure out, what are we going to do with them now? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're not going to arrest them, but we're going to temporarily de- detain them in psych wards. We're basically going <laughs> to... The cop is going to be like, this guy's homeless. The other one's going to come in and deem they're crazy. And instead of putting him in jail, they're going to put him in somewhere else where they can get him back somewhere. They're going to hide him somewhere else. Mm. It's just, you're just hiding them. That's all you're doing. You're putting, that's all they do. <laughs> they don't want him in the street. That's it. People start complaining. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. People pay a lot of money to live here. I'm a doorman. I got to do like a, like this gig is a doorman once in a while. And the people come over. There's like a homeless person, you know, in, in the park. And I'm like, yeah, so? And they're like, oh, well, you can't get, you got to get them out of there. I'm like, why? It's a public park. Yeah. And even when I was a cop, I would have said to you, you can, oh, they can sit there. It's not 9 p.m. You, you know, know, everybody uh, wants to help, but they don't want it next door to their house. Yeah. They, 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 you they, know? They don't want the guy taking a dump <laughs> on the street outside, but they don't want to let him in to use the bathroom either. Now it's a big, big problem. Big, big problem because these people aren't going through the system. What are we going to do with them?